Today's topic is a soul search. All of us, all of us are searching for something. I think I found what I was searching for. I remember at the age of 17, 18, when I went to university, we used to spend days, hours in our coffee shop drinking hot chocolate. It was the 70s then. And we were asking questions like, what is life all about? Is there a God? And I used to have so much faith, so I said, yes, there's a God. But Nani, if there's a God, how can there be so much evil in the world? So this troubled me for many years, and I couldn't understand why, if there was a God, this, this horrible things would happen on earth. So I started searching. But of course, I started searching everywhere else. I started studying philosophy, psychology, fine arts. One thing I noticed that when I was involved in the fine arts, when I was involved with the psychology, when I did voluntary work at the weekends with uh, drug addicts and home for children who were traumatized, coming from very bad backgrounds, rape, etc., whatever. When I was in those places, there was a sense of fulfillment. There was a sense of, okay, this is my soul's journey. But the moment I moved out of those places and got into my own realm, my own mind stuff, my own thoughts, I seemed to have lost that soul's purpose. So was service the soul's purpose? Yes, ultimately, yes. But before you get to the point where you realize that, there is much work we must do with ourselves because service as an escape route is also not the answer. Service coming from a place of great joy and love is the answer. It has to be natural. It can't be the soul's journey is if you expect uh, gratitude for what you do or if you expect something in return, you will always be disappointed. So this was my soul's journey. So the next question was, okay, I believe we were born to be happy, but why am I not happy? So as all of us, we figure if you meet the right person, you get married, you're gonna have happiness ever after and the soul is so happy. I met the man I loved, I got married, moved to Gibraltar, all life changed for me. So, for 15 years, I'm not going to go into the life-changing story. The question, God, why? The victimhood, why me? Why this? Yet, yeah, I had the best husband I could ever ask for. I had amazing children. They were young. I just didn't like where I was in the sense of I didn't, I didn't like the job I was doing, and I felt I had to do it to support my kids. And so there was this chatter, this chatter. But all the time, in the background, there was prayer. There was this sound from my childhood. My father, his words, Melanie, God is everywhere. Dad, can I go to the church and pray? Of course you can. God is everywhere. Remember, God is in your very own heart. But I didn't understand this. And I didn't understand the real meaning of God. So the search went on, reading, reading books on psychology, great books. I've read some great books. 
and thinking all the time and yet not being able to be really happy. I mean, I should have been happy. I ran a shop. I, um, I had a dance school, which I enjoyed teaching every evening. Why wasn't I happy? What was the soul? I felt there was an inner voice saying, there's more. There's more, Melanie. There's more. And of course, since, <laughs> since that time and working with many of my patients, people I see, my clients, there is that soul question. There's more. What is more? So when I went, re reached rock bottom on my mental field, that is when my master appeared. And my soul, by recognizing the master, now what did I see in this master that opened my heart? I really can't tell you. He spent, I spent one week with him. And all I can tell you, it was this energy emanating into every single cell in my body. And I just felt at home. I don't know how to explain it. I felt peace and at home. And when he left, I felt there's going to be an emptiness now. But he left me with the tools and the tools were to purify my mind and to love where I was and to meditate and to not complain. Those were my tools. So I thought, is this how I'm going to find God? I want to know who God is. I want to know the truth. I want to be free, but what do I want to be free from? I thought freedom was being free from everything outside, but I needed to be free from right here. I hadn't realized at that time. And when I sat down and I meditated and I knew, I knew now that I was not my thoughts, but how to get through this mumbo jumbo noise. And the first step in the soul's journey, the very first step is to know yourself, <clears throat> to know your own mind, to know what thoughts occupy it. So step number one, step number one in the soul's journey and finding who I am and is there a God is finding oneself. So with all this mumbo jumbo and all this victimhood, there was no way, no way I could find any peace. So the first step was to change the noise to something beautiful. Take the negative and change it for positive. We all know this in the Yoga Sutras of Sri Patanjali. It is called Prakti Paksha Bhavana. And that is replacing the negative with a positive. So this journey went on for a few years, changing the negative to the positive. But still, there was more than six months later. There was this call, I need a mantra. I don't even know why my intuition said, I need a mantra, I need a mantra. I just knew I needed something to still my mind. Don't you sometimes feel like that when your mind's going all over the place and you try to put the positive in, but still doesn't work. It's still, oh, so much stuff there. So this feeling came from deep within. And this is also the soul search. Sound, sound. 
Sound has so much power. I didn't know that. But then there was something deep inside my soul talking to me, and I'm glad I listened. I'm so glad I listened. And of course, when you really want something so bad, what happens? You get it. I promise you, all of you, if you ever lose faith and you ever in doubt, don't, don't, don't. Because when you're right down the dumps and you think that nobody hears, there is a prayer so loud when it comes from the depth of your heart and your soul. It is so loud that the universe gets it. <laughs> it just hears it. It just hears. And of course, the moment I ask for a mantra, my master calls, you know, one o'clock in the morning for him and just gives it to me. Gives it to me. Write it down, he says. Okay, Melanie, good night, and there's your mantra. So that's how I received the mantra. So the search. Okay, so I let me repeat this mantra. Let me repeat it. I was a good student, though. I was. I was desperate. You see, the, the reason why I came into this path was, I want one, is there a God? One, why am I living? Two, why is there death? Why is there so much injustice in the world? I can't understand that. So I came into yoga to find these truths. I wanted to know what life was all about. It just didn't make sense to me. You know, disillusionment after disillusionment. You look at the world. There's so much evil going out there. Ha, ah, that was my mistake. There is so much good going on there. And when you change your thinking... You see less evil and more good. So that is the step number one, remember? The step number two was the sound, the mantra. So with this mantra, in my mind all the time, practice it, you know, stirring, practice it, walking, practice it, working, practice it, cooking, what happened eventually? The mind became more Step number three, the soul calls again. I really want to go on a pilgrimage to India. I've been there a few times in my life, but not on a pilgrimage. I want to go on a pilgrimage. I want to know. I want to know what happens. Like I said, the universe hears us again and again. Never forget when your search is for the truth. And when it's for the truth, you get your answers. And of course, my dad from Hong Kong calls me up. He was diagnosed with cancer. And he thought at that time, he was only, what, 73, 74 at that time. He passed at 86. He thought he didn't have a lot of years left. So he wanted to go to India, visit many, many ashrams, and give a lot of money to the poor, build them homes. So he said, darling, you've been asking me you want to know real India. So do you want to come with me? Dad, this is a miracle. You don't know. I've been asking for my pilgrimage for so long. And whoa, thank you, Dad. Thank you, Dad. So we went to India. That's the outer pilgrimage. What did I learn? I mean, I can talk about this for hours. I learned so many things that trip. I learned so many trips, things. My dad went to, we went to an ashram to marry a hundred women. Um, 
we had to give them dowries. Dad had raised all the funds to get them married. We were marrying a hundred couples. And my father there spoke in the ashram. And it's not common in India in the villages. And it was really quite a tacky place, really very dirty. But I was excited about this new experience. And he was telling them, all the males there, you better treat your women right. This old way of thinking is no longer acceptable. You need to treat your women right. And I'm so proud of my dad. And all the women were garlanding him. So this altar, again, seeing in service, there was much joy. Anyway, we had the wedding ceremony and we were dancing with all these people. And afterwards, I went to see a few of the women that were getting married and um, who got married. And I saw them afterwards and they were crying. And I asked them, why are you crying? And they said to me, we don't know what kind of family we're going into. We don't know how we're going to be treated. If the mother-in-law is not happy with us, they might even burn us and throw us in the streets. Now, can you imagine? I was horrified, horrified. So I went to my father later that evening, Dad, are we really doing good? Is this really doing good? What is doing good? Are we putting these women in these hands of people who could hurt them? And his answer to me was this. Nalani, we can only do what we are given to do. I have been asked to marry these hundred women. If I don't marry them, they'll be thrown in the streets anyway because they'll be worth nothing. They will be raped and they will be hurt. At least this way, there's a chance that their families might be good. So I went home to the hotel and thought, what's right, what's wrong? I don't know what's right and what's wrong anymore. I don't know, I don't understand, so I pray. And then suddenly, I feel, oh my God, there's no God, there is no God. How can there be a God? And my father had a very learned man with him called Mr. KP, wonderful, wonderful man. He's in Hong Kong. He was very knowledgeable. For me, a great saint, great human being. So I asked KP, I said, KPG, I'm deeply, deeply troubled. I'm so confused for I feel there is no God. I am lost. I, you know, I had my love, my prayers, and now I just feel there's no God. I still feel an energy and a force, and I don't know what to do with all this information. My soul doesn't know what to do with it. And he said to me, Melanie, this is part of the soul search.